I gotta tell you, I'm sick. Are you sick, sick of being sick? Sick and tired. <laughs> well, listen, Br- so Brienne had a cold, right? And it seemed like a we- like it was a weird cold. Like it was just super mild, and it seemed like she was getting over it before it even started, and it was like not really a big deal. But all like you know, even taking that into consideration, I did all. I, I thought I did everything right. I was taking the vitamins. You moved I out, was keeping my distance, like severely. I was sleeping on the couch. I was like, nope, I don't. Nope, I don't need that. I you know, we you share a lot of things with your mom. No, well, there's we share a mistake. lot of we share a lot of things, but this is not one of the things I need. And I thought I was like completely <clears throat> in the clear. Because she was seemingly over it. She was done. She was like good to go. And I was still fine. And then and then that cockiness. Whammo. Yeah. <laughs> bit me in the sinuses. So I'm gonna sound a little nasally today. But I am you on the up and up. Fine to me. I'm on the mend. So hello and welcome to the Movie Men Podcast. The B team. Yeah. That's Carl. Dad over there, there somewhere is Brady. And uh, it's, I feel so subdued. Like my energy level feels like, uh, feels low. So I got to step it up a bit. I got to be hyper, active, engaged. That was a, that was a sentence. That was, <laughs> good job. Uh, yeah, that's it. I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> Note to self, Carl's improv skills <laughs> need a bit of work. Um, so it's a movie news show. It's been another week, which means more news has happened, and we're here to talk about it. Stuff. Uh, Seems kind of slow, slow news week, though. Yeah, it's a little, part. like, compared to our other, <clears throat> compared to our other movie news episodes, um, it is a little trailer heavy, which was something that I had kind of alluded to might happen um, because CinemaCon was last week. Yeah. And CinemaCon, for those who don't know, it's not like Comic-Con, it's not like D23, it's not like Star Wars fan, your Star Wars celebration. Um, what CinemaCon is, is basically all the studios, like, they're not announcing new things at CinemaCon. That's that's a Comic-Con thing, that's a, that's a Disney thing, that's a whatever. What CinemaCon is, is all of the studios make presentations, and the audience, instead of being sweaty, lightsaber-toting fans, are the heads of movie theaters, the owners of movie theater chains and the and the high ups and the distributors and the you know all of the all of the big wigs and and black suits and blue suits and whatever you call it in the in the theater cinema world are there. Um, and basically what it is is the theater saying, look, this is what we have coming up this year. Here's a look at it. Here's um here's a brand new trailer. Here's the first 20 minutes of the film. Here's whatever um, in order to entice the theater owners to book up a, a certain number of screenings for their theaters. So it's it's kind of like a big sales pitch to the people that are going to put the film on the screen in front of your eyes. Um, and as is 
typical of every other year, they showed a shit ton of trailers at CinemaCon. A bunch of completely exclusive and never-been-seen-before first-time trailers at CinemaCon. Unlike previous years, a very, very, very small fraction of those made their way online for us to see as well. Like, it's always it's always the case that there are some <clears throat> exclusive trailers. There's some trailers that you only got to see if you were at CinemaCon. They're not going to drop online for another couple of weeks, blah, blah, blah. But this year, the ratio was just, like, bananas. Like, we got almost nothing. Um, so it was a little disappointing. Um, the other thing that happens at CinemaCon is surprise screenings. Sometimes they're like scheduled screenings, but quite often they're surprise screenings. So, for instance, two years ago, we, Pete and I talked about this on, on the podcast when it happened. Um, two years ago at CinemaCon, when we were gearing up for uh, Ghostbusters Afterlife, right? Jason Reitman and his father, Ivan Reitman, were out on stage. They were talking about the film. They were like pumping it up. They showed a trailer. We're super excited. We're happy with Paul Rudd, you know, blah, blah, blah. And everyone's cheering and happy and blah, blah, blah. And then Jason Reitman says, and now you guys are going to watch it. And everyone in the the, in the, the <gasps> convention center kind of look at each other and like, what? And the lights go down and, and they played Ghostbusters Afterlife, and everyone watched it. Um, this year was not a surprise screening, but I know for sure the two films that they did screen were um, uh, Disney screened <clears throat> The Boogeyman, which is a new upcoming horror film they've got, um, and Warner, Bo- Warner Brothers did screen The Flash. So there's a large group of people out there now who have seen my man, Michael Keaton, back as Flash. We did get a new trailer from that. Obviously, you have not seen it. No. Unfortunately, I I missed out on this event. No, you did not see the new trailer. The trailer they dropped online. No. The trailer. I thought thought you were talking about going to the... the, uh, No, no. They dropped a new trailer (laughs) online for it. Um I'm it's neither here nor there. You don't have to watch it as part of the agreement, blah, blah, blah. The, I have fulfilled the one, my contractual obligations on this front. The one, the one thing I will say from the trailer and it's, it's, it's not a spoiler. This isn't, this doesn't give away the plot. It doesn't give away anything. Um, there's this amazing moment, you know, in the first flash trailer that we watched and, and talked about when he's got the, uh, he's got the, yeah, I'm Batman line. And everyone was like, oh, my God, it's a Michael Keaton Batman line. Like, this is amazing. There's this great moment in this trailer where it's just, it's Michael Keaton. He's got the bat suit on, but he's not wearing the cowl, right? So he's got the, like, after the battle or about to go into battle appearance. Um, And I don't know if he's, who he's talking, we don't get to see who he's talking to in this scene. Probably, he's in the Batcave, so it's probably just one or several of the Barry Allens. Um, But he says... You want to get nuts? All right, let's get nuts. And it's like it's it's so good. Like the it's it's literally it's akin to in the Ahsoka trailer when she said the words "heir to the Empire." We're just like, oh my god! Like it's so yeah. on the nose. It's such fan service, but it's so perfect. It's a massive member berry. Yeah, yeah, but it's like good. A, it's, a, it's a member it, apple. <laughs> listen up, Star Wars. Listen up, Mandalorian, because it's a member berry done 
properly, done well, a justified mm. member berry. That that's a little debatable, I think. No, it's think Michael Keaton. I don't. At I this think point, there's a little um, favoritism in there. <laughs> at this point, at this point, someone in the Flash movie could say, "Tell me, have you ever danced with the devil in the pale moonlight?" And I'd be like, "No, I'm, I'm, I'm for this. It does not matter. You can say whatever, and I'm here for it." Yeah, inexplicably, you could have Christopher Walken's character show up again, and and I'd be, you know, Max. What was it, Max Shrek? It doesn't matter. Just have him come back. I don't care. <laughs> It's Danny Michael DeVito King. walks on, waddles yeah. into say, scene. Yeah, eat, eating a fish, wearing a vote, <laughs> cobblepot button. Like, I don't, just whatever. It's fine. It's fine. Michelle Pfeiffer, I would still, you and I talked about this. If Michelle Pfeiffer freaking shows up in this movie, I'm going to wet my <clears> pants. <throat> I will full on owe the theater a cleaning <laughs> deposit on the chair. Because yeah. that will be nuts. Even if, like, like we said, I don't need her in the Catwoman costume. I just need Bruce and Barry to be in the Batcave talking, and Selena Kyle, who at this point they allude to the fact that they, you know, stayed together, got married, started a family, whatever. Um, she comes down the steps and, like, you know, reminds Bruce to, you know close the damn cupboards in the kitchen or like whatever it is right like it'd just be so good pick up your bad underwear before you get a leave the bathroom yeah damn it bruce um okay so anyways let's talk about some of the trailers that we did get from all right let's get to it so first up we have the trailer the first trailer has dropped for the prequel to the hunger games franchise a huge franchise in its time um not only a big book series but you know massive film series i would say arguably and i don't know my i don't know what came out prior to hunger games but regardless of what did come out hunger games is definitely what launched jennifer lawrence's career like as an actor her notoriety comes from her playing katniss everdeen in the Hunger Games. It was just, it was massive, yeah. right? It would be like her, and the thing that, yeah, took her off to pretty much propelled her. a number of other... Made her a household high. name. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so we have the trailer for the prequel, and it is a prequel based off a book. Like, whoever, I can't remember, uh, who's the woman that writes the... the it doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> the Hunger Game prequel book... The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes, which I'm going to tell you right now, I get the title because that's also the title of the book. It's a dumb title. It's a, it's just a mouthful of marbles and and you know doesn't, whatever. Doesn't seem on the on at first glance like it's going to mean a whole lot. <laughs> no. Now, have you seen the Hunger Game movies? Uh, I have. Yes. Okay. So I've not read the books. Oh, I've have only you seen the movies once? So I've seen the movies maybe twice. I've not read the books. Um, and so maybe you'll be able to offer some insight here because watching this trailer for The Hunger Games, The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes, Sorry. which I, think, I assume you I think have you misunderstand. I said I have not read the oh, books. you've not read the books. Okay. <laughs> I, I was very surprised. I was like, oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I have not. I don't I know like, how you misheard that, but yeah. I, like, I can't offer you any insight. 
You've, well, I came. I I just you could probably have mind, me insight because you've seen the movies more than once. It, instantly, my mind went back to like lonely single Carl days, and I'm like, man, <laughs> the man read like it was worse than I thought. The man, the man read the Hunger Games. No, anyway, it was never that bad. <laughs> uh, so, anyways, watching this trailer, um, I mean, there's definitely things in it that are interest that uh, that appear interesting to me we get to see the young adult version of donald sutherland's character president snow so that's kind of cool i guess there'll be you know some sort of nostalgia tie-in there um we get to see how the hunger games started and came to be but like Outside of that, like I'll tell you right now, my f- my favorite hunger of the what is it four Hunger Games movies? My favorite Hunger Games movies are the first one, followed kind of closely, not so closely by the second one. The third one was just completely exposition, like nothing happens in that film. It it felt very much like part one of two, and was just like uh, this entire film was just set up. And now I got to wait a year and a half for to <laughs> what this was setting up for. Um, but I really enjoyed the first Hunger Game and the first or the first two Hunger Games because they were actually about the game, right? Like it was the the premise was there. We got to see people competing yeah. in the Hunger Games, and that obviously that's coming back. We're going to get to see that again. But having not read the books. My one criticism or my one like wondering coming out of watching this trailer is is this going to differentiate enough like is it is is the story that they're telling and how it all started <clears throat> is that going to be interesting enough to make this not just feel like another rinse and repeat because I'm just kind of like, well, what is like so the, the again, having not read this prequel book or any of the other books, the trailer to me just felt like, oh, okay, yeah, like there's the there's all the different regions or whatever they're called. They're um the oh, they're not regions, whatever they call the the different s- sectors yeah, that all I know the, what you're talking about. Everyone else knows what you're talking about. Yeah, um, that everyone's broken up into and and then there's going to be a hunger games and they're all going to try to kill each other and you blah 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 and there's like the visual effects in this trailer look great obviously there's going to be some some beautiful eye candy to look at as far as like you know monsters and things that are happening within the world but it just felt very kind of rinse and repeat to me like i you know except for a couple of like political plot points that are going to happen here I've I've seen this. I've already seen this. And yeah. I don't know that, you know, it's one thing to rinse and repeat. And I get that anyone who's a big fan of the books and have read the book to this film are going to be ecstatic probably and are going to go see it. It's a little difficult, I think, when you're re- to, to the general movie going audience like in terms of how well will this film do financially in terms of the general movie going audience it's a prequel that doesn't have any of your main characters in it 
right? Like you don't have Jennifer Lawrence. You don't have Josh Hutchinson or whatever his character's name is. PETA, I think. So you don't have those like those franchise carry throughs and they're trying to do it a little bit by oh, it's it's baby president snow it's it's you yeah, know blah 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 look at this some look of at the that antagonists are, yeah and so i just uh, that's i'm still interested in it i'm still going to watch it because it's got those ingredients that i loved from the first two and it it i i am fascinated in okay how did this start like what was what was the you know as long as it's a fascinating story then great but it just felt a little rinse and repeat to me and i wonder if that's going to that with the combination of of our main cast members missing if that's going to hurt it anyways you saw this trailer as well um having apparently not read the books you slacker what uh what what say that you? That wasn't on the homework for this this episode. <laughs> yeah, it's like I I I need you to read four novels between now and next week. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what say you? Uh, well, I mean, I don't know what to think. I I enjoyed the first couple movies, like you said. The last couple are were fairly forgettable. Like I don't even really remember. After, I barely remember what happened in the second one, and I don't remember hardly anything that happened in the other ones. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. It, it's an like the whole the premise of the Hunger Game movies and books is like a really interesting one, which was completely ripped off from a Asian movie, but nonetheless, they're still very interesting premise, uh, that you can, you can do a lot with. And I don't know, uh, like my first thought coming to mind, watching this trailer and just now hearing you talk about it is keeps coming back to kind of like, this feels like, Star Wars in the nineties, late nineties. Right. Right. Like, but star, but, but then the big difference between the star, the two is I feel like star Wars had a lot more to work with. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like star Wars, <clears throat> you know, it's, it had a lot of content made, and approved that became canon after the movies were released right. to create and flesh out this massive galaxy and make it feel real and lived in and something that uh, fans of the franchise could really dive into and go really deep into this right. world. Right. This has got, a couple movies, a, a, a handful of movies and a handful of books and that's it. Like there's, it doesn't have as much depth there. So I feel like jumping backwards, making a prequel, you're kind of doing the same thing that hap George Lucas did. But you're, I think, I feel like they're going to have the same problem that a lot of people have with episode one and that it's it'll be a lot of politics, yeah. To make to make it 
to create this kind of the game, the games, you know, the Hunger Games. Right. If that's what this is about, then there's going to be a lot of political maneuvering and stuff, which is intriguing in its own right. But when, for me, who's not a fan of the franchise, the only memorable ep- uh, movies were the first two, which were, I don't know, again, I can't remember the other ones, but correct me if I'm wrong, were more kind of action and and games focused, right? There was a lot less intrigue and espionage and political stuff going on. Yeah, the, the, the second two, <clears throat> like the third and fourth film, um, I don't even think, maybe in the fourth one you get to see, like there's games happening again, I'm not sure. Um, but they're definitely, like it's not even, there's no Hunger Games in the third Hunger Games. It's it's Because it's all like they're fugitives and they're on the run and they're trying to tear down the system and stop the games from ever happening again and, and right. blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So there's a bit more kind of espionage and intrigue and stuff. It's still more action going on. I just feel like this one's not going to be, it's not going to feel the same in terms of momentum and uh, the pace, the pacing. Now I was, I was crapping a little bit on the lack of cast. Um, Obviously we saw Peter Dinklage in the trailer Um, and I'm all for anything that's got Peter Dinklage in it. Um, Jason Schwartzman is in this. Now that's never a bad thing, but I also don't know how much box office draw, if any, Jason Schwartzman actually has. Um, so, you know, is what it is. I am intrigued by the lead female in this, which is Rachel Zegler. And this was something I was going to bring up um, on another episode of the podcast this week, but it's worth bringing it up here as well. So Rachel Zegler, who's playing Lucy Gray Bard, I guess, in this, she's she's the main, she's our main protagonist. Um, these are her acting credits. Listen, the very first thing that she was ever in was two years ago when she appeared in West Side Story. So, not bad that the first acting gig you get is in a Steven Spielberg film. Right? Yep. A, a, a very high-profile remake done by Steven Spielberg. The very next acting credit that she has is she played, and we're going to talk about this in another episode later on this week, she played Anthea in Shazam! Fury of the Gods. So the second, the second job you get is in a tentpole comic book film blockbuster-esque movie. Yep. Okay, not bad. Then she's got, she's doing voice work in a movie called Spellbound that's coming out. Um, She's got an upcoming project called Y2K. But then the next two things that she's in is obviously Hunger Games. And she is Snow White in Disney's upcoming live-action Snow White remake. So, what a trajectory. (laughs) She's got a credit here for uh, Power of the Dog, too. For which? I'm I'm looking at her Google thing. Power of the Dog. 
it was a Benedict Cumberbatch film, but modern day cowboy. I'm huh. looking at the the actual. It mustn't have been a big role because no, I don't think she. It was probably uncredited. But yeah, she's not in the like top cast listings. But on her movies, like Google movie listings, she was in it. Uh, Power of the Dog? Yeah. I think that might be... She's not on the IMDb listing for top cast, but... No, yeah, I'm wondering if that's... Google's saying she was. I'm wondering if that's a scenario where... Because Google will, like... Once Google's given you all of the actual relevant results, they start throwing some things at you that are close enough. (laughs) So... I'm wondering if she actually even was in that or if that's just a you know Google not being as as vetted in terms of that type of thing and as as strict with their search results as as something like IMDb is but either way <clears throat> yeah that's weird either way it's it's a hell of a career t- trajectory um and I am yeah I'm intrigued it definitely I you know her being in Shazam Fury of the Gods is not an issue that I have with Shazam Fury of the Gods. I thought she was fantastic in it, and I I enjoyed her character. So, uh, yeah, either way, I don't know. We're going to kind of have to wait and see. I think this might be... I mean, it's got, it's, got, it's got the name power, right? At the end of the day, it's the Hunger Games. And so yep. it's going to do some approximation of well. Um, it's just kind of too soon too soon to know moving on another trailer that we got uh is a trailer for disney's new film wish something new from disney yeah go figure i I, (laughs) see and i'm not surprised because as i've said disney does this all the time just nobody pays attention to it but (laughs) they should do it more (laughs) but um You know, this intrigues me. It intrigues me. This trailer I thought was great. The musical numbers seem fun. Um, the animation is is fine. Like it's you know it's on point with with Frozen and Tangled and whatever else. Um, uh, yeah. Oh, go ahead. I'll I'll, well, I'll I'll share my points later. <laughs> well, I was just gonna say I I think I'm intrigued by this more than I am other things that come out like other animated projects that come out whether they be by completely other studios like dreamworks and and um illumination or if they come from ones that are closer to the chest like pixar i think stuff like this intrigues me more or makes makes me stand up and take notice more because there's this inherent um importance to a trailer like this to a film like this because suddenly once once a trailer like this comes out or when a film like this comes out this isn't just another this isn't just another animated film that's coming out this is uh asha i think is is the the main f- character in this film asha is kind of essentially Disney's newest Disney princess. And so it's it's just got this like 
you know, this this is this is the character that's going to show up in Disney parks alongside Cinderella and alongside Snow White and alongside Rapunzel and alongside and so it's it's there's something about it. There's something about, you know, you've got your prince, you've got your princess, you've got your magical story, you've got your, you know, whatever Talking else. Animal. <laughs> yeah, this is this is this is Disney proper. This is this is mainstream hardcore Disney. Yeah. And so there's just something about that that, you know, in the same way, like you can have a great characters or whatever in a Pixar film, and it's like, oh, it's the newest Pixar film. But this is the new Disney princess. This is the the one that's gonna be up there with Moana and Elsa and and whoever else. And yeah. so it's just like I don't know what it is, but Disney, just because of the reputation that they've built, um, that there's there's a sort of a, a, no pun intended with Disney, there's a magic to to the idea of introducing one of these new characters to us. Um, and it, it, yeah, it makes me, makes me more interested right off the bat than I think any other new animated project does all things all all of that aside i think this trailer looks great i thought it was fun it's entertaining um and and i'm all for it but you have thoughts as well so share them yeah my thoughts are similar like yeah the this is this is seems like disney proper like you were saying and it, it has the potential to be kind of the next frozen kind of wave of of craziness for kids wanting to be for halloween and probably potentially have that song that everybody's singing and gets sick of and <laughs> you know like yes yeah, it's, it's it seems like and looks like uh, a disney a, a, a kind of a traditional disney film animated film in that aspect and with that, like you were saying, you're like you thought the animation looked good. I, I watching it, I thought, man, there were a few moments where it felt like they were trying to blend some kind of traditional animation look and style into their digital animation. Yes, yeah. And I especially- thought, oh man, this this looks cool. Like this looks like traditional drawn animation. Especially there's this little gold, whatever the little gold character that floats around. There's a moment where he's dropping like gold dust onto these flowers. Yeah. And it just, it full on looks like it was could have been Hand done in the animated. 60s. Yeah. yeah. The, the other moment that kind of looked like that was right near the beginning when they're blowing the, the dandelion. Yes. Things. That one looked very 2D. Uh, when before the just before the star comes down and she's kind of looking up in the sky on the cliff's edge looks very 2d traditional animation so just like even though it looks that way it's not but it's just kind of like they've been intentional about kind of making this feel kind of almost nostalgic in its animation style yeah it's very cool and i think that coupled with the fact that like you know moana was great and um Encanto is great and you know, like Frozen. whatever all these yeah. these different projects but there's something about you know it it's like 
and maybe this is politically incorrect, I don't know. Okay, great. Moana's a Disney princess, sure. But, I mean, that's sort of an honorary title because she's not really, like, it, it's it's not a, she's not a princess. This feels like old-fashioned Disney fairy tale telling. It's, it's a medieval village and it's a castle and it's a princess and it's a prince and it's it's <clears> got Euro- all of European those European style yeah it's thing, got but. all of those old ingredients it's got like a yeah. thatched roof water well like old cobblestone well and it's got like it just feels like a fairy tale like it's it's got that potential to be yeah, up there with with you know Sleeping Beauty and Cinderella and and all those others. Yeah, yeah, I yeah I hear what you're saying. I don't think that's, uh, I mean, yeah, I don't think that's like uh, politically slander, whatever you're worried about. Um, I think I I I would say Moana is a princess, and that that is like fairy tale. It's just not kind of the fairy tales we're used to because it's not the part of the world we're used to getting our fairy tales from. Right. right? Like we think we of fairy tales. We don't we consider think of the European... son of a tribal chief to be a princess. Yes. <laughs> we think of knights and dragons and, yeah. and that old so, like British folklore. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I, 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 I agree with you that, yeah, this is, this feels that way. Uh, and, uh, but I, I think, I think that that's just, more of like with our upbringing those are the th- those are the images that come to mind when we think of what it what a prince and a princess and a, and uh, what a fairy tale is right because that's that's where we got our fairy tales from mostly because well and i because of I where like our heritage i like that at least from this trailer like you know in the last 10 15 years disney has been Disney and Pixar and whoever else, they've been all about diversity. And I love that. I'm I'm 100% for it. That's fantastic. I love that we're that people from other parts of the world are getting these major Disney films that are honoring and true to their heritage. Yeah, like but Moana. Somet- sometimes yeah. it's felt like a film comes out like it it it, it kind of reached the point where it just sort of felt like it they were doing it for the sake of doing it. It and feels forced sometimes. It it sometimes it felt forced, and it was just yeah. kind of like, oh, okay, well, that was fantastic. What part of the world is Pixar going to go to next for their next story about you know like, and so this doesn't. Yeah, I don't like, think Moana felt like that. No, but um, yeah, the uh, what was the 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 one with the magic house in Canto. And Canto, it it felt. I don't think it felt forced. I it, but but it definitely didn't feel up to par, which makes me feel like it was rushed or something like that. Right. Yeah. Whereas this one, it doesn't feel like like the diversity of it isn't something that's that feels like it's it's really forced. Like this is just some castle. European-esque kind of setting, fairy tale setting. Um, but our main character clearly doesn't have pale white British descent skin. 
And so there no. is still diversity in there. And I love that. I think like this could be a great balance. No, it definitely seems, yeah. Well, like looking at some of the architecture, it definitely seems more like a, a Southeastern kind of um, vibe, you know? Right. Yeah. Like the, the way some of the arches and the windows and stuff are. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So. No, I'm all for this. I'm excited. I this might be one that I go see in the theater. It could just be a fun a fun date night, like a fun outing to go, you know, have have this kind of and especially like if the with the animation that we're seeing here, I think on a big screen it could be really spectacular. So, we'll wait and see. Uh moving on to the final trailer we're talking about today. I don't want to talk about it. Why? I don't know why you sent this to me. Okay. I, it, was, it was scary. Did you watch all of it or did you yeah. watch some of it and decide it was scary and no, turn it I off? I watched all of it and okay. as I was watching, I was like, why? I don't want to talk about this. So <laughs> I could not be more excited for this. I didn't know this was coming. This is the third in a franchise that Kenneth Branagh has directed and starred in, playing, I'm going to butcher this, Hercule, Hercule Perrault. That's probably entirely wrong. Um, but the detective series, right? The series that kind of, in some ways, um, the Benoit Blanc, Daniel Craig, Knives Out thing kind of feels like a little bit of a weird ripoff of, but also still is really good and is kind of doing their own thing and, you know, blah, blah, blah. But... Because uh, I think it's, is it Agatha Christie that wrote these? Wrote the original books? Agatha Christie uh, wrote horror? <laughs> Murder on the Orient Express. Yeah, by Agatha Christie. So this is this is Agatha Christie's character. Um, now, it's... So going back through the series, we have Murder on the Orient Express which I enjoyed. I saw it in the theater. Actually, I think I saw it in the theater twice. Not because I like, you know, not because it was like, oh God, I got to see this again. But just because it was like, well, I, there were, there was other people who I was going to go see it with. Right. So it, it just so happened that I went to go see it twice. Then I was very excited for Death on the Nile, because it was a follow-up to Murderer on the Orient Express, and I really loved Murder on the Orient Express, and blah, blah, blah. Uh, Death on the Nile was a big departure. I didn't think it was near as good. I didn't enjoy it near as much. Um, and yeah, I did. so that was kind of a letdown. And I think I kind of assumed at that point that either A, this franchise was kind of done, or B, I was done with this franchise. That I just, uh, you know, I didn't need to see anymore. However, this trailer came out, and I clicked on it, and I started watching it, not even knowing that it was a part of this series. And it doesn't, and the trailer does that in a very intentional way, it seems, that you... You're three quarters, if not more, of the way through this trailer before 
you realize that this is a part of this franchise. And of course, the film that we're talking about is The Haunting in Venice. And I think that not only A, is this a super fresh take on on this, this character, on this franchise, but I am so fascinated by this because if you've seen the first two or read any of the books, you'll realize or you'll know that Kenneth Branagh's character is a very meticulous and logical and no-bullshit kind of guy. Certainly not the type of guy that would give time to or humor the notion of the supernatural or hauntings or demons or ghosts or, or whatever it is. And so I think taking, taking this character, dropping him in this setting with this story is a recipe for something that's going to be really, really interesting. And also just to have like a, a, a horror-esque, a, a paranormal haunting type thing that is, is like sort of laced with this mystery detective kind of thing. I am so for this. Um, You've watched the trailer. I'm guessing you're not. I'm guessing nope. you did not nope. enjoy this. Nope. Nope. And have I don't so want have you seen the, do with it? Have you seen the first two in the series? Nope. <clears throat> oh. Well, I mean that's certainly hurt, like intentionally. Like you have no interest in the murder on the Orient Express or what's. Um, I like like mysteries and stuff like that. So I'd probably watch those, but I am not watching this. Oh man, I I didn't even think it was really that freaky. Like compared what? to other horror trailers that are like this seemed somewhat, you know, like I don't think they're going for an R rating, but yeah, I don't just yeah, it's okay. Spooky is all get out. So, so what about it? Like what what about it was know, it's just spooky? Just I just got like really spooky, scary vibes, and I don't want to watch a spooky, scary movie. Not even with a good mystery baked in. Uh, no, no, I'm good. Man, you're a you're a wuss. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. Well, uh, I mean, that's it's you know. I guess there's not really much else to say about this. <laughs> nope. <laughs> I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> Man. Well, this is, for the record, one of my, has now become one of my most anticipated upcoming films. So. Well, you can go watch it by yourself. <laughs> be that, be that what it is. Uh, tell me about Indiana Jones. What do you know? What do you know about Indiana Jones? Uh, Whip, gun, archaeologist that doesn't do any archaeology, <laughs> uh, finds treasures of rare and, um, what would you call, uh, rare and uh, fictitious value. 
pretty awesome. Yeah. I like it. I like all three. All three of them are great. I mean, objectively, there is four, but. That's that's false, and I don't know where you got their information from. <laughs> okay, so, Indiana Jones. Um, listen, the first Indiana Jones movie that I ever saw. I, was, I wasn't I was raised on Indiana Jones. We didn't have, like, the VHS. It, like, uh, you know, it was the 90s. So we didn't own them, and we never rented them. And so, you know, it, it that's just kind of... If, if one of those two things didn't happen, you weren't really exposed to it. I knew who he was. I was familiar with the song, obviously. But I didn't really know... I hadn't seen Indiana Jones movies. So the first Indiana Jones movie that I saw was Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Really? Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. And I saw it, but you know what? It was still a fun experience because I, listen, I saw Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skull with the three, the three um, elements that... I think were required in order to give that specific film its best shot. One being that I had no prerequisite going into it. I had no reference. I had no, you know, right. I wasn't comparing it to anything else. So based on that, it was it was fun. I don't know. Uh, I saw it at the drive-in theater. So it was already more of a relaxed summer outing movie experience and not sitting down in a theater for a cinematic adventure. This seems the, very un-Brady-like. And the third, what? What does? To watch, to not, to know that you're going to watch a fourth entry in a franchise and not make time to watch the first three. Well, I didn't care. It wasn't a film franchise that I really <clears throat> cared about. And I'm just pulling up and doing a little bit of... What year did Crystal Skull come out? Kingdom oh, 2006? of... 2006? 2006. So yeah. I would have been... Was I right? No, I I don't know. I was just oh, assuming. I you were Googling it. <laughs> uh, 2008. Oh, it's two years off. Uh. So I was... Uh, What's the math on this? 2008 was 15 years ago. So I was 15. Like I, I, you know, I wasn't, I hadn't fully morphed into the neurotic film person that I am now. And I just didn't care. I, I you know, it was kind of, I. it was the second film. I can't remember what was playing before it. Um, is this the one that caused you to go, oh, I can't watch anything now unless I watch all the, everything that came before? Uh, no, no. Oh, the other, I think the other film that we watched that night was Iron Man. So it was a double feature. It was the first Iron Man and it was Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Um, and so the, the third ingredient, the third element that made it as enjoyable as it could have been was that I was sitting in the back of Aaron Mater's little blue hatchback with the, like, literally I was sitting in the rocket seat because right behind my seat, 
was a big subwoofer. Right. And so, like, when Indy jumps on a motorcycle and, like, revs it, and my seat was, like, vibrating, I was having fun. It was a, it was a fun <laughs> yeah. experience for me. I was like, oh, cool, it's aliens. I, I know that everyone else was like, what the hell, it's aliens? Which I mean to the, maintain to this day, that's a ridiculous complaint because I... Up until this point, we're dealing with magic and and biblical artifacts and all this other stuff. So aliens is really not a massive stretch, but whatever. Uh, so it's been rumored. I mean, and when it when Harrison Ford did Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skull, he was not a spring chicken. No, right? He was an older guy. Yeah. And Which makes you wonder what this one's going to be like. Well, so there had been talks. <laughs> there had been talks for years that we were going to get another Indiana Jones film with Harrison Ford. And, and there had also been talks for years that we were going to get another Indiana Jones film, but it was going to be a reboot. Because, you know, you got to keep going. And Harrison Ford's getting too old. And it doesn't really make sense to cast someone who's also older and try to just pass them off as Harrison Ford. Just start fresh. Start over. He's a great character. He's a great IP. There's lots of stories you can tell. If you if you start over, then you can get back to the 40s. You can get back to Indiana Jones fighting Nazis, which is when he's at his best. And so there was a lot of there was a lot of merit to the idea of, of just starting over. Um, and there were lots of names being thrown around. Um, certainly after Solo came out, a lot of people were saying, well, get that guy. That guy's a great young Harrison Ford. Get that guy. Get that guy in there to, like, he could totally pull it off. And I agree. I think he could. But as every year passed, and as rumors came and went and blah, 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 the chances of us getting another Indiana Jones with Harrison Ford seemed less and less likely. Seemed more and more like a pipe dream. Because wow, he's getting really old, right? Like, what's the film? He's going to be 100 when it comes out. Like, what, what you know, what's he? That's yeah. not actually. But, um, yeah, like, how, 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 how can you, how can you do it? And then he showed up again as Han Solo, in 2015 and i think that you know breathed sort of some life into the potential we're like oh well if he can still be han solo he can still be indiana jones especially nowadays you got like stunt doubles and and whatever else like you can easily pull this stuff off um whether you take it too far and it becomes unbelievable for the character at the age that he's at that's a whole nother thing but you can totally shoot it in a way that it looks like it's Harrison Ford doing all of these things, but it's only actually Harrison Ford for the hero shots, for the close-ups, for the dialogue. Well, we have it. It's coming. We've talked about it. Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny is right around the corner. I'm excited for this film. I can't wait. It's going to be a blast. It, we've heard a lot of things from people who have seen it, like high-up studio execs that are like, this is fantastic. It's really good. It sounds like they're really happy with this film. And understandably so, this is Harrison Ford's last time playing Indiana Jones. Of course it is. I mean, 
you know, unless they turned around immediately and knocked out another, like, unless they were already currently right now in pre-production on a sixth one, there's just, it, there's no way, right? There's just, he's done. He's done. Um, and he said he's done. But something else that he recently said is that he believes not only is he done, but that this is the final film in the series, and this is the last time I'll play the character. I anticipate that it will be the last time he appears in a film. So Harrison Ford's mentality on this is that, look, once I'm done, the character's done, right? Like, you're not going to see another Indiana Jones movie with or without me. I have a couple of thoughts. Thought number one, and some of these may be unpopular, and that's fine. I, I don't care. Go suck an egg. Thought number one. Obviously, this is Harrison Ford's last time playing the character. I believe that 110%. Easily, yeah. I also believe that Harrison Ford believes that this will be the last time Indiana Jones appears in a film. I don't think he's blowing smoke up anyone's ass. I think he believes what he's saying. I also believe not a chance in hell. There's there's no there's it's not even remotely in my mind it's not even remotely in the conversation that they won't revisit and do Indiana Jones again. And I don't think that they're wrong in doing so, Indiana Jones is arguably one of the most iconic characters in the history of film. He is. In the history of Hollywood, Indiana Jones is one of the most iconic characters of all time. Yeah, he's definitely up there. It'd be hard to dispute that he's not at bare minimum in the top 10. Exactly. And so, from a business standpoint... You know, maybe this one comes out, you wait 10 years, you wait for, you know, you don't reboot it right away, but you wait 10 years, you wait for, for Harrison Ford to die, you wait for, you know, whatever it is. Um, you, you definitely, you definitely revisit this because as we've said over and over and over and over, the character, the, the actor is not the character. The actor serves the character. The character is more important than the actor. And the story is more important than the character. You only use an actor if it makes sense for the character, and you only include a character if it makes sense for the story. And so nobody is unrecastable because the character comes first. Nobody is unrecastable. And so when Harrison Ford passes away, you absolutely, whether it's continue on with a different actor, I don't think that's what they'll do. I think they'll reboot. They'll start over with a young, new Indiana Jones. They'll build, you know, the potential for 30 years of franchise or whatever it is. But you absolutely do it. Because it's the same thing they've done with 007. And the same thing they'll continue to do with 007. Because he's yeah. too iconic. You just go, wow, Daniel Craig's too old now, so 007, it's done. 
it's done. We're never going to do another James Bond film because Daniel Craig's too old. No, bullshit. You recast, you find someone new, you start over, you do it again. And Indiana yeah. Jones is the exact same way. And yeah, you're still going to get people beat up, bent out of shape about this because that the press, the, the difference between the two is that precedent for recasting 007 was set years ago and has continued to be a trend and a thing. And it's just an accepted part of the 007 franchise, which, which is why a lot of people get bent out of shape when they reboot or recast other franchises like Indiana Jones. But I, I'm, I, I agree with you. Like if you're going to re as long as your, your reboot is done right and pays homage to the original and, Instead of trampling all over yeah. what's come before. And I mean, obviously, if it's a reboot, if you're starting over, you're going to do some things differently, right? And yep. some people will go, sure. well, that's not the history. That's not what Indiana Jones... Well, no, that's not what the old <clears throat> one... That's not the canon of the old one. This is a new Indiana Jones, right? He's a little updated. He's a little modernized. He's a little like whatever it needs to be. But people are going to say, but Harrison Ford says like... It's not going to happen. And this might be the most unpopular thing that I say on the topic. Harrison Ford doesn't get a say. <laughs> he doesn't get a say. Yes, Harrison Ford He gets Ford a say the- on his version of indie. <laughs> exactly. Because nobody can make him do it. Right. But, well, up in, but, well, yes and no. So nobody can make him play Indiana Jones again, but... People go, well, it's it's his character. No, it's not. He's the actor that's played the character thus far. But the second Harrison Ford signed a contract to be in this new Indiana Jones film, he he gets he doesn't even get any say what his character says or does in the film. It's not his character. That depends on what his contract says, but yeah. Well, yeah, but at the end of the day the director and the script and, you know, like whatever else yeah. trumps him. And so it's, it, it, there seems to be this ideal, this idea in movie fandom. Well, you can't recast Luke. You can't, you can't recast Luke. Cause it's, you know, Mark Hamill is Luke, right? Mark Hamill is Luke. Luke is not Mark Hamill. Luke is a character in Star Wars that can be played by any actor that they cast to play this character within Star Wars, right? And and yeah. so it, it's it's just it's tricky. Perf- and I get a really that it's- good example with that within the same continuity and film franchise would be Darth Vader. Sure, right? Darth now, Vader's be- been played by five different actors. Exactly. Now, it'd be strange to change his voice at this point, because that's a break in canon. That's like yeah. a, that's a, well, th- that's just not what he sounds like. If all of a sudden, Vader's got a Spanish accent. Well, sounds like Mickey Mouse. <laughs> yeah, then that's confusing and strange and, and blah, blah, blah. But, it, yeah, how many different guys have been in that damn suit? Well, the original, yeah, the original trilogy had... David Prowse. Three, three actors. Right, yes. Most iconically, David Prowse, who got all bent yeah. out of shape and butt hurt because he didn't use his voice. Uh, yeah, 
yeah, but yeah. So like two, two and two actors in the suit, and then one doing the voice, I believe. Yeah, for the original trilogy. Yeah, if you include, are you concluding concluding Sebastian Shaw in that? Sebastian Shaw in like when they in the original trilogy. Yeah, when they he played unmasked Vader. Oh right, okay, so four then, yeah, yeah. So it was four. Which was and the other thing David Prowse was all bent out of shape about because he was like, ah, oh, finally I'm going to get my face on screen. And they're like, ah. No. <laughs> April Fool's, yeah. sucker. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, five, I was right. Yeah, five total then. So, anyways, <clears throat> uh, you know, uh, I get it. I get it. I get that it's weird. I get that you don't want to picture anyone other than India, or Harrison Ford as Indiana Jones. But... You're just kind of cheating yourself by doing that, right? I I yeah. don't want to picture anyone other than Hugh Jackman as Wolverine. But he's not going to play Wolverine anymore after Deadpool. So Dead, what? No. So I just don't ever get Wolverine <laughs> ever again? Because I'm putting my foot down and I don't want to see anyone other than Hugh Jackman play Wolverine? Oh, that's stupid. Right, so it, it yeah. is what it is, right? I deep down, I don't want to picture anyone other than Michael Keaton as Batman. <laughs> yeah, but I, guess what? <laughs> you know. So, yeah. anyways, I, I think I think this is going to be, yeah, like you said, not up to Harrison. I think the film. I'm I'm reserving judgment on the film. I'm I'm being very kind of tentative after. Uh, the crystal skull incident. Um, I think part, one of the reasons I think I was kind of crystal skull, I have issues with crystal skull besides it's bad script was there was leading up to the film. There was a lot of hype that this would be the film where Indy passes the hat. He passes the torch. And it would be passed on to what? Who would be his son? Shia LaBeouf's character. Yeah, which didn't happen. And I think that. Thank God. That, well, yeah, I think Shia LaBeouf being the new Indiana Jones, even though I like him as an actor, he's not. He's definitely not the person to take the series forward. Um, and I don't. Yeah, like. I think. I think having the series move forward in a linear time time frame where for some, somehow you fault you're following somebody else instead of Indiana Jones. I don't know how you maintain the title title of the franchise, Indiana Jones, if it's not Indiana Jones is the lead, but I think that would be like really interesting. And like you were saying, the Nazis are usually like the, 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 the um, antagonistic group, in these films that 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 he's fighting well i think like if you think of the timeline of of indiana jones the next big his antagonist is usually whoever the u.s government's up against so you could have like a, a like a vietnam adventure or you could have a, a some kind of cold war russian antagonistic adventure yeah which is basically what we got in crystal skull were were they they russians in crystal skull yeah yep i I thought they were i thought they were germans oh i don't know anyway but But, uh, yeah like 
I think there's a lot of like, there's a lot of capacity for storytelling if the mantle is passed. I think it just gets a little confusing with the, the titling of the film then because yeah. Indiana Jones isn't the lead anymore. Yeah. So like in my mind, the best person to play Indiana Jones in continuity is somebody who's not related to Indiana Jones. I think the, the mantle should be passed the same way Indiana Jones kind of inherited the treasure hunter mantle. Right. In the third film, he got the hat right at the beginning of the film. We find out why he's scared of snakes, how he kind of got bit by the bug of adventure and treasure hunting. And, and this treasure hunter gave him his, the hat, his iconic hat. I think he should pass it on in kind of a similar way, have some kind of a secondary protagonist in a film kind of competing with Harrison Ford, who's old and can't keep up. And they're both kind of fighting against the same antagonist, but also kind of against each other and working together. And at some point he kind of passes that torch. It's like, I'm too old for this kid. And here's the hat. Go get him. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? I think Moving that would be more iconic, but then of course he's not an, in, he's not a Jones and it'd be weird for him to have the same name since Indiana comes from his dog. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Um, Mo- moving forward, we just have Kihu Kwan comes back and it's just short round. Short round's <laughs> wearing that with the whip. Yeah. The adventures yeah. of short round. <laughs> huh? Could be. Could be. But yeah, uh, I don't I don't think that him being done, sure. The franchise isn't dead. No. The franchise no way. won't die. It makes too much money, like you're saying. Is even if I were on the on the line taking the side of the franchise should die with Harrison, that that's never going to happen. Like you, which said, for the just, record, I thought you would be. So, I mean, I uh, I've probably like I've probably softened to the idea of franchises not getting reboots, just because we live in an age where everything gets rebooted and it's inevitable and I can't stop it. <laughs> right. Right. If you can't beat them. Yeah. If you can't beat them, let them give them a chance and beat them over the head. If they're, they do it badly. Yeah. All right. Moving on to our final topic. Blade. Yeah. Wesley Snipes. Originally. Yeah. <laughs> Although honestly, I think Mahershala Ali is going to do an incredible job. Like, oh yeah, I think that's that's you know if you have to recast, really good casting. That's who you pick. Yeah, if, if they can um, ever get, get it shot. You know <laughs> when was I had to look this up? When was Blade announced? I'm gonna guess six years ago. When was the new Blade announced? It was first... No, no, that's it's a little aggressive. It was first announced in 2019. So... so four years. It's still been a hot second since this four has years. been announced. Four years. I'm not that far off. Uh, Blade... Two years. That's four, that's four years. No, exactly. No, no, no. I'm not saying... It's, you know... I, no, yeah, entirely. You're... You know, don't get me wrong. I wasn't like beating you up here. Um, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> and so Blade, 
which, when it was announced, was set to come out, just to make sure I've got this right, and that that's not like a new updated one that's completely inaccurate. No, yeah, it seems... So when Blade was announced, it was set to come out after... Uh, do, 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 after the Marvels and Loki season two. So that hasn't passed. We, we should still, have already gotten it, essentially. No, no we yeah. haven't gotten Loki season two yet. And we haven't gotten the Marvels. Oh, sorry. I misunderstood. I, for some reason in my head, I was thinking of after. <laughs> Go on. Never mind. I completely misunderstood that and misheard. Yeah, that. no worries. Um, so, so we haven't, we haven't blown past that window yet. So we're still, we're getting there though. (laughs) We're still doing okay. And Blade, now there's been so much drama around this film, losing, losing directors and scripts, not being up to par and blah, blah, blah. And then Mahershala Ali was all pissed because he's like, come on, what are we doing? Like, get your crap together. (laughs) I'm getting sick of this. I'm going to walk. Uh, it's supposed to start shooting in like five weeks. We're right around the corner. And they've confirmed shooting in five weeks for a 2024 release, which is a very aggressive turnaround time for a film like this. Very aggressive. To start shooting in June, start principal photography in June of 2023, and then release early September of 2024, that's, that's, it's going to be tight. Mm. It's going to be tight. By the time you get everything shot and you do all your post-production, your special effects work, your, your marketing campaign, your everything else, it's going to be tight. And I wouldn't be surprised if that September 2024 release date ends up getting bumped back. But the news that we're here to talk about today is that although we're five weeks out from shooting and there is a script put together, apparently it's still a largely problematic script. And so uh, the true detective creator, Nick Pizzolato, has been brought on to do some rewrites to touch up the script. However, so, I mean, there's always small changes that are made and a little bit of rewrites here and a little bit of rewrites there and what does it mean? How much of it is actually being rewritten? Well, we don't know for sure how much is being rewritten, but we do know that it's enough that that Nick is going to be considered a writer on the film and be eligible for writing award like he, he could you know is they're not going to win an oscar for script writing but if they were he would be eligible so it's it's not an insignificant part of this script that they're that they're rewriting hmm. what the hell is happening what what happened to marvel man too big like, for its britches this is this is the BS that you expect from DC. 
This is the BS that you definitely expect from Star Wars. Marvel has always, up until this point, from a writer, director, actor's standpoint, with a couple of very small exceptions, has come off as a fairly well-oiled machine. And this film seems to be some ridiculous outlier in that process. I don't know. I you're definitely more excited for this film than I am. I can tell you right now just because I I you know, I didn't grow up with I'm not nostalgic with with the Wesley Snipes Blade films. Um you know, I think they're good. Which you I, should I, be. Anybody who loves the Marvel franchise should love those films cuz really those are the three films that kickstarted the MCU. They're not technically part of the MCU, but those are Marvel's first official, like, standalone Marvel-only products. Right. Um, So, anyways. (laughs) uh, (laughs) Yeah, I I don't know. This just seems like a mess, and it takes a film that I'm already just sort of lukewarm towards, and hurts it significantly like i don't know is that am am i out to lunch here like i just this is not confidence inspiring yeah and yeah i yeah i'm losing i am losing more and more interest in this film almost every day that passes um but i want to pass this off to you because you are like we said uh definitely more of a fan of this than I am. And so, yeah, tell me what your thoughts are on this. Tell me if this hurts your interest. Like, what's what's the deal here? So this would, um, yeah, this definitely hurts interest. It, it not, maybe not interest, but um, make, makes me worried about quality and um, the capability of, Marvel to tell this story well, for sure. Like how how can it not? There's you know rewrites and haven't even started shooting and the timeline. I wonder. Yeah, yeah. What what? It just makes you wonder what's going on at, at Marvel. We've talked about in the uh, past episode about how. Um, essentially Marvel's been told by the the bigger dogs at at Disney to stop making so much and start making less at higher quality. And I think this is an obvious display of that trying to make a whole lot, but not doing it well. Right. And and yeah, yeah. Like, I want it to be good. I do. Uh, I I love the Wesley Snipes the Wesley Snipes trilogy. It's really good. But uh, Wesley Snipes did a great job as Blade. Are they all really good though? Because I think I've heard that like the the third one gets harped on a bit for not being as good. It's definitely the weaker of the three. Right. But I still thought it was a lot of fun. Okay. Yeah, it didn't. Yeah, it kind of became more of a team up 
this kind of team up uh, movie with where he teams up with a couple of a couple other human hunters and one of them is um our boy Ryan Reynolds. Right. And there's a lot of quips and stuff and like one of the main antagonist vampires is actually the wrestler Triple H. Right. So the the acting <laughs> kind of kind of varies in terms of the talent on screen. Um yeah. <laughs> But um, I think I like in terms of a trilogy, it fits into the trilogy nicely. I think. Right. Yeah. Right. I, I, uh, I I'm a, I'm a fan of of it though. Um, this one, yeah, being a fan of it and hearing the troubles that this one's having and wanting to be a fan of this new foray into the blade and kind of the darker side of Marvel kind of makes me a little worried. I'm just especially when, when they kind of already dip their toe in that world with uh, werewolf by night. Right. And, and it was werewolf by night was so good. And to hear the chaos coming out of blade, it's like, Oh no, it's being set up so well for a dark MCU. Yeah. Yeah, no, I get that. I get that. Uh, I'm just looking up here. Something you said. Not. I'm not doubting you. Um, but it got me... Got me interested and curious. Yeah, so Blade... Blade was the first the first because there was only other really one marvel live action film before blade and it was produced by lucasfilm not marvel um but it's 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 important that being howard the duck obviously um it's it's important to note though the difference between like what what you said is true and what you said is not necessarily true. So um technically if we're talking about Marvel Studios being the production company then the first Marvel Studios film, the first film that was released under Marvel having their own production studio was Iron Man. Prior to that, they were still like Blade. Yes, Blade is a Marvel thing, um, but it's it was done under Marvel Enterprises, which didn't have their own production company. Like they didn't have their own studio, and so um, it's it's teamed up with Amon Raw Films, right? And so the first time we really get into it just being Marvel is Iron Man and the Incredible Hulk, right? Because right. X-Men, you've got 20, 20th, century, 20th Century Fox. <sighs> Spider-Man is Columbia Pictures. Um, Blade 2 was New Line Cinema. Um, so, yeah, it, it's it's yes and no. It was, it was the first good Marvel <clears throat> film. 
It, it First was, good it was film a Marvel based on film a Marvel that property. Marvel had a direct hand in and say in how it was being made. Yes. And it showed that 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 a Marvel property could be done properly and and create a universe. Why you don't like Howard the Duck? I mean, I've actually never seen it. What? You've never watched Howard the Duck? No. It's a Marvel property. It's it's a Lucasfilm property. <laughs> no, I've never seen it. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. <laughs> it's got Leah Thompson in it. Yeah. Um Tim Robbins? I, I think I'll be all right. <laughs> my goodness. Yeah, it's not great. It's no. uh Jeffrey Jones is in it. It's, you're hurting me here. You're hurting me. Um, okay, so yeah, I <laughs> will just kind of. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, several times. Several times. S- several times. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. it was right in that era of like when Ninja Turtles came out too, and it was like that same sort of like same sort of like. Um, puppetry uh J- jim henson style yeah f- foam latex suit of a typical typically cartoon character but in live action kind of thing and so yeah it's yeah i've seen it it, it feels very similar to teenage mutant ninja turtles like the first one from the 80s right so okay well that's the news sir that's, that's it. it that's all that's it yeah. Yeah. Is it that's all? That's it. That's uh, it. But stick around this week because uh, we're going to talk about a movie. <sighs> Do we we're going to talk about Shazam <laughs> Fury of the Gods. Yep. Yep. Well, I guess if we have to. Yep. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure you check out our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all listed down below. Check out our Patreon. It's a wicked way for as little as a dollar a month to support the show and get some fun goodies in return. And check out our merch store. Because we got merch. T-shirts. Socks. We don't have socks. Hats. Water bottles. Hoodies. Nice hoodies. Real nice hoodies. Do you like hoodies? I love hoodies. Yeah. Do you like movie man hoodies? I don't have one yet. What is the piece of merch that you... You said you own a piece of merch. What do you own? I have like uh, one of the baseball tees. Oh, really? Yeah. Huh. Is it nice? Yeah, it's pretty nice. Yeah. Are you just saying that? No, it is. I like it. Oh, okay. Do you ever wear it? Every once in a while. Wow. Wow. Good for you. I I need to get myself some merch. I got I got mine as a Patreon supporter though. So <gasps> one more reason to sign up for Patreon. There you go. Yeah. <laughs>